0: Let me just lift up the passage of Scripture for just a couple of moments, just, just a couple of moments from uh, Isaiah the prophet, chapter 6. The prophet, chapter 6. There in the 6th chapter, you probably read it all at some point in your life, but allow me to pick up at verse 6, 7, and 8. It says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. Pray with me. God, we love you. We thank you for the benefit of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Speak to us and speak through me even this day. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Amen. For the next few moments, I want to talk from this theme, Here Am I. Here am I. One of the things I've come to realize is that people are not always present where they ought to be, and many times they're where they ought not to be. Matter of fact, many people have found ways to trick others as to where they are, GPS locator on their vehicle or on their phone so as to be somewhere other than where they said they were going to be without being caught through modern technology, not realizing that when they went through the toll booth, when they went down the street, the light caught their license plate, the toll booth caught the number that they were with, and someone knew exactly where they were, even though they were not present where they should have been. Many times, people are always looking for ways to be other than. It's amazing when someone decides that they will do just what is asked of them. When they reach to challenge, when they hear that there's something that needs to be done, and they step up to the plate and get it done. I don't know about you, but today's society is much different than the one of my youth, I can remember Kennedy asking after his inauguration and challenging the nation with the words, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. In a way, he was challenging the nation to say, there is more and you can be better than you are today. And the question you ought to be asking yourself is not where my blessing's coming from, but how can I be a blessing? It's not who's coming to see about me, but how can I participate in blessing somebody else? Uh, the other day, as the hurricanes were striking North Carolina and South Carolina, the Cajun the Navy showed up. Uh, they didn't get an alert call from anybody. No government agency called them, said, would you please come? Nobody sent them out. Here's where you're going to stay for the next few days. Here's what you're going to eat. No a hurricane's coming we have airboats. we have boats that can go in shallow water we have large trucks we have vehicles we will be there if somebody needs us because you don't have to ask us if we're ready to do something for somebody else I'm trying to say what one has to realize is that too many people sit on the sideline of life instead of getting in the game and being a part of making a difference in life. We struggle with that. You know, the reason Kennedy could say what he said is because he comes from a family that gave to America. They could back in many different ways. Their motto has been, what can I do for someone else? Whatever you think about the Kennedys, the one thing you have to remember is all of the volunteerism that they're noted for. When you think of Special Olympics, you have to think, this is something begun through their family. When you think of the Peace Corps, this is something begun through their family and all volunteer group of soldiers out there doing great things for someone else. And in truth, when you think of the Affordable Care Act, derisively called by the other side, Obamacare, you need to think of the Kennedys because they were in the background helping the president push the agenda to the forefront. What one has to realize is that people have to care. You have to know that something is important bigger than yourself. When they talk about Uh, John McCain, they can say what they want to say about him as a senator. They can get mad about legislation he pushed or didn't push, but the one thing you cannot say is that he was not a hero, because most of us couldn't do five minutes in jail, and he did five years after he was told he could have gone home. You have to realize when you've been placed into a camp and you've been put aside, you have to realize that there's something that has to be deep on the inside of you that says I won't leave till my men leave. I will stay here even if that means my body is left deformed when it's over because there's something more important than me simply having peace within myself. When people talked about Aretha Franklin at her nine hour plus funeral, you, they remembered her songs. They sang a few of her songs, but in truth, I have never heard her celebrated more for her her work in the world than she was for what she did during the civil rights movement. I've never even, some of the stories that I knew were so refreshed because people could remember when others were ready to run away from Dr. King, she was walking toward him. When others said, don't sing, it'll ruin your career. She says, where you need me at, I'll be standing right there pushing you to the next level and that's what we need in this world what will you be known for when you leave this earth what will people say about you when your days are over how will the testimonies be given about your life will someone be able to declare that you did something greater than yourself, greater than your own home, greater than your own children. What did you do for someone else? And I can remember my youth. They would remind us, you may build a cathedral, large or small. You may build skyscrapers, grand or tall. You may conquer all the failures of your past, but only what you do for Christ. We're liars. Oh, yes. We're here now. We're now thinking through what takes place in the life of Isaiah the prophet. It is interesting to me. In the next few moments I have, let me share just a couple of things and I'll be out of the way. It's interesting if you read the text closely. He is in the midst of a vision. He has a vision. The vision speaks to him. He sees God in a whole new way. He sees God with angels and seraphim and cherubim. He's in the midst of a vision. He sees angels flying around him. He hears them singing around him. Holy, holy, holy. They, they pause and do it again. Holy, holy, holy. He's in the midst of a heavenly vision. We, we've made a hymn out of holy, 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 Lord God almighty. Early in the morning, my song shall rise to thee. We, 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 we praise and use that to praise God. And I want to tell you something. You'll never do anything. Let me lift this up for you. You'll never do anything great if you won't allow yourself to get a hold of God's vision. Ah, God's got a vision with your name on it. It may not be the throne room. It may not have seraphim or cherubim in it, but there's a vision that's getting ready to project you into your future, into what God has for you. Don't be afraid of it. Don't run from it. Don't try to wake yourself up. Don't try to pinch yourself. Don't tell yourself, this is too much for me. No, you need to say, God, whatever you're doing, in this season come on y'all lord whatever you're doing in this season touch somebody now say neighbor whatever he's doing in this season i don't want him to do it without me I need to have a vision of what God wants to do. And God is willing to speak and share himself with you. Let me hurry up lest I lose the momentum of the moment. Watch where he is. He has a vision, but secondly, and I'm talking to somebody now. You stop by on the right Sunday God got a word just for you. Listen. He had not only did he have vision, but he had the heart to be vulnerable. <laughs> You need to realize that there's sometimes times where you can get the vision. You can see what God's doing, but you ain't ready yet. You may think you all that, but you, ain't. you need to be vulnerable. Reverend, what you talking about? Where's the vulnerability in the text? Come on back to the scripture. The Bible says that before he could do anything, that the Bible says God Wanted to show him some stuff before he ever got to the next level. Verse 6 says, One of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongues from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it. Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin. Is Wait a minute, brother. Sometimes God has to get me in a position where I'm ready to serve him. Even though I'm in a spirit. Look, if he wasn't a good man, he wouldn't have had division. If he wasn't God's man, he wouldn't have had the vision. If God didn't intend to use him, he would not have had the vision. If God wasn't about to do a miracle in his life, he wouldn't have had a vision. You need to realize, just because God is purifying and purging and bringing you into another place, just because it may be painful on the pilgrimage as you're going through to get from the place you are to where he wants you to be, it is not because you done something wrong it's because you've done something right that put you in a position where he says I want to use you stop getting down on yourself thinking God's always punishing you Sometimes the Lord is not punishing you he's preparing you he's preparing you for what's about to be next let me preach in here not only thank you now Not only did he have vision, not only did he have to make himself vulnerable, but even after he goes through his purging moment, God then looks at him and says, I want to ask you a question. He said, I need to know who will go for us and who will we send. Preach wise, wait a minute. If you just gave him a vision and if you just took him through a vulnerability process, Why you even gotta ask me if this is real or not? You know I want it, I'm standing here. Yeah, I know you say you want it, but before I just abruptly take you out and take your choice from you, I'm gonna give you one more chance. To say no to me because this ain't going to be easy. So before you say yes, before you say, Lord, I'll say yes, yes, yes. Before you get happy, I need you to know you're going to go to a people that ain't going to hear. You're going to speak and they ain't going to listen. You're going to preach and they ain't going to pay you no attention. Before you get excited, I need to know you can handle the messiness that comes with ministry before you get excited i need to know you can handle the trial that goes with serving the lord every deacon and deaconess in this church knows that there are some times in your ministry life where you go through stuff where people talk about you where you cry where your own family gets neglected where you lose your sleep where you worry about the church, where you worry about the next move, if you can't handle it, don't answer the next question because you have to be able to volunteer for this thing. You're not forced. It's a volunteer thing. You have to say, Lord, I'll go willingly. Use me willingly. Have your way willingly. My will belongs to you. Come on, give God a praise. Here am I. Send me.